If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Tudor Dixon Podcast in the Clay and Buck Podcast Network. Welcome to the Tudor Dixon Podcast. I'm Tudor Dixon, and I'm so glad you are joining me today. I'm joined by one of our leading health experts and doctors who's out there not only practicing and serving her patients, but also educating the rest of us on TV every day. Dr. Nicole Sapphire, you might recognize her from Fox News. She's a physician and radiologist, as well as the director of breast imaging at the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, which is near and dear to my heart being a cancer survivor myself. Dr. Sapphire, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me on. Excited to be here. Interesting. I'm a breast cancer survivor, so I appreciate what you do. It's so important. I mean, honestly, I... The people at the hospital, I just can't say good enough things about what you guys do because I could never do it. And I, every time I was in the hospital for a surgery or anything, I would look around and think, I'm so glad that people exist that can do this stuff because it's so far beyond me. Well, I'm so sorry to hear what you went through, but look at how well you're doing. I'm so happy to see that. Well, it's because of people like you. So thank you so much. And and actually talking about that, I wanted to get into some of the health issues that we are looking at today because We've got a lot of health issues with our young people. We just saw LeBron James' son had a heart attack. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that because we're, it seems like we're seeing heart conditions younger and younger. But I don't really have a lot of experience with heart conditions in my family. And I think there's a lot of people out there that are seeing these things and going, how do I know and what do I do? And what is the lasting impact of something like this? So how do you how do you monitor your kids for something like this? And then once this happens, I mean, I guess we would be expecting him to be an elite athlete someday like his father. Does this hurt the chances of that? You know, those are all great questions. I'm myself a mother of three boys, and it's certainly something I think about. You know, when we've been hearing some of these anecdotes about LeBron James' son, um, we also had the football player who had cardiac arrest. I mean, these were all 
again, these are stories that we are hearing. And because of social media, we're all more tuned in to these individual incidences. Unfortunately, throughout COVID, I think we really have politicized the science. And all of a sudden, anytime you hear a heart condition in a younger, specifically male, you know, people's you know radar goes up a little bit. They're like, well, hold on a second. Is this as a result from those vaccines? And that seems to be on the top of everyone's mind right now. And the truth is, at the end of the day, heart conditions happen prior to COVID. They happen prior to the COVID vaccine, and they're certainly going to continue to happen as we go throughout our lives. Now, whether or not there has been any fallout from the COVID vaccines when it comes to any cardiac issues, specifically in our younger populations, that's gonna take a few years to come. We certainly know that there were some vaccine side effects such as the myocarditis or inflammation of the heart, especially in younger males. Myocarditis tends to be mild and self-limiting. It can result to long-term damage. Some of that long-term damage can ultimately lead to cardiac arrest. However, at this point, it is way too early to say that some of these stories we're hearing about right now have anything to do about the cardiac vaccine. And actually one of the biggest, or the COVID vaccine, excuse me, one of the biggest studies came out of Chicago, Kings County Hospital System. They looked at all cardiac incidences of cardiac arrest of kids from about zero to 35 years of age. And they said over about 30 years, they identified over a little bit over 300 cases of it. And the most common causes of that, and by the way, this is all before COVID. So obviously mm. it was happening before COVID. Right. The most, the, the causes were coronary artery disease. And really they, we saw that in the 25 to 35 year olds, but also what we call a primary electrical abnormality where just the electrical system of the heart kind of fails. And then also cardiomyopathies. Now kids can be born with cardiomyopathies. They can also be born with some conditions that predispose them to these electrical conditions. That's why as parents, you start seeing when your kids start playing sports, you have to sign all of this paperwork. And some of it is talking about heart disease because heart disease does affect our kids. Now, that is certainly one thing that a pediatrician checks for, which is why those annual visits to pediatricians are crucial, because they tend to pick up on some of the very nuanced symptoms that happen early on with kids with heart disease. So those wellness visits are very, very important. But it's important to remember that the far minority of children will have some sort of cardiac defect. So we don't have to be paralyzed. And we should always let our kids play sports. It's funny. I literally just got back from a well visit with my twins earlier today, and they were both like, "Why do they have to listen to our heart? Why do we have to go in every year?" What and, and I, you know, not being a doctor, I'm like, they just have to make sure you're okay. <laughs> but it exactly. is good to know why they have to, because as a parent, you just kind of obediently do some of these things and not really understand the background. Well, and absolutely. And the thing is, with as you know, with everything, early detection saves lives. Early detection of a cardiac defect or something else and being able to get in and fix it before it causes severe damage or any sort of severe outcome is obviously the way we want to go. The last thing we want it to happen is, say, cardiac arrest on a football field or on a basketball court, because obviously at that point, there's a high mortality associated with that. Now, when it comes to LeBron James' son, it's very possible that he had an underlying heart condition. We don't have any of that information yet. So it'll be interesting to hear if there was anything on his preceding well exams and, you know, at the doctor's office that potentially um, led to this. 
I think that something that a lot of us, well, I know a lot of the parents that I've been talking to have been concerned because we're this weird generation of parents who had our kids stay home for a year and snack and not be as active as they were before. And suddenly we're going into, you know, three years out and some of our kids, we admit, have started some pretty unhealthy habits and they they've gotten used to being inside. So here's summer. And I feel like I'm always pushing my kids go outside and play, go outside and play. And that used to be something natural. We have seen kids gaining weight in, and, and, and I think this was a trend that we had been seeing. Cause as I've talked to other doctors, they've said, well, we've seen fatty livers. I don't even know what that is, but somebody had told us that and it sounds terrifying. I'm like, what does a fatty liver mean? And, and how does that happen? I mean, really, I think as, as parents right now, we don't have great information on staying healthy and we we are seeing our kids consume a lot of processed food and not be as active. So how, what have you been seeing and what are some good tips for parents to help their kids get back on track? Well, pre COVID, my book that came out was make America healthy again. And Mm. I essentially talk about how bad behaviors have really caused a huge trillion dollar deficit. And a lot of that has to do with obesity and weight related illness. Uh, Fatty liver, I see it all the time. Uh, Just think of your liver and your kidneys as the body's filtration system. Well, when you have excess fat in your body, it actually just deposits into the liver. And so when we're imaging it, whether it's on an MRI, CT scan or ultrasound, the liver looks different. You can see the fat there. And yeah, we're seeing it in kids and it's terrifying. Now, so what can happen if you have, I mean, I just don't know. <laughs> a lot, freaking a lot. Me out. Obesity is not even just obesity, but just being overweight. It's not just about, oh, someone's overweight now. You have to really think about what that does to the body and mind for the, that matter. So when it comes to the body, obesity and just being overweight, just excess weight, that can cause metabolic issues, diabetes, liver, kidney disease. It can cause a plethora of cancers, breast cancer being one of them, because a lot of breast cancers are hormone dependent. And guess what fat cells do? They secrete estrogen. So all of a sudden your estrogen sensitive tumors, breast, uterine, and some others, you are at an increased risk of cancer, not to mention many other cancers because of the excess weight. We need to start thinking about being overweight and obesity as the equivalent of smoking. It is not healthy. Mm. There's nothing good about being overweight and being obese, which is why it is very upsetting when I start seeing, yes, the whole body positive movement. Yes, I want every person to be comfortable in their own skin. It is important for our mental health, but we certainly should not be misrepresenting that someone who is overweight or obese is the image of health. And unfortunately, that's the way that we're going in our society. And it is just not true. And it is going to be very harmful to future generations. So I I don't know if you, this is going to be really random. I don't know if you saw the Barbie movie, but there's a point when the mom in the Barbie movie is like, it's so hard to be a woman. You have to be thin, but not too thin. You can't say you want to be thin. You have to say you want to be healthy. And I think I'm a mom of four girls. And I, I was watching that and I'm like, I completely understand what she's talking about because I want to talk to my girls about being healthy, but everything pushed on me is don't talk to them about being a healthy weight or they will become an anorexic, but then also pushed on them that accept being overweight. But I, how do you have that conversation anymore in, in this society? I have three boys, like I said, so I have not seen the Barbie movie and I don't think it's in my future. Um, But, you know, I will tell you, though, we have a lot of conversations at my house. Weight is not necessarily one of them, but healthy eating and physical activity 
our daily conversations. I mean, one of the things, especially during COVID, that was really important in my household was that we eat the colors of the rainbow to make sure our body was as strong as possible. Hmm. Should we get infected with COVID? This is well before we really knew much about it. And so as long as you instill in them healthy habits, that is what is important. It's not about a number on a scale. It certainly isn't. It's not one size fits all. It's not black and white. But if you instill in your children what they should be eating, what is healthy, what is not healthy, and really just hammering into them how important physical activity is. That doesn't mean they need to be a gym rat or they need to be the star of the basketball team. It just means that they can't be sedentary. And unfortunately, there are a lot of them are sedentary these days. So even if they're just walking more, they're outside more, they're swimming more, I mean, that's all you need to do. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So you said eat the colors of the rainbow, and you mean in fruits and vegetables, but there are a lot of food dyes in our food. And I wanted to ask, I mean, this has been a conversation that we've heard from RFK Jr. and people, but we don't hear a whole lot about food dyes. 
The United States has food dyes that other countries do not allow. Do food dyes affect us negatively? The United States has a lot of unhealthy things that a lot of countries don't have. And it's, it's really astounding that we continue to do it. If you really look into a lot of the processed foods, even a lot of the smoked meats, the cancer causing chemicals that are contained within that, I mean, it's astounding. You know, the argument is, well, they're in just such small amounts, it's not that big of a deal. But at the end of the day, if you're looking at the ingredients on something and you can't pronounce most of them, like, why are you putting that into your body? You certainly, you know, as women, a lot of us are trying to get these wonderful creams. We're trying to get shampoo and conditioner. And we always look at, oh, we want the most organic and the healthiest. And then we're actually consuming, putting inside of our body, not just on top of our body, but inside of our body, some of these harmful chemicals. Now, now don't get me wrong. I am not a health nut by any stretch of the imagination. In my opinion, it's everything in moderation. I actually had a few Oreos last night, and I am certain there are some ingredients in Oreos that I cannot <laughs> pronounce. Probably, but yeah. I also had a very healthy dinner full of fish, fruits, and vegetables. So you know what? I can have a few Oreos if I want. So what you you see these kids that are are sitting around? They're eating foods that are probably filled with different chemicals. Kids are getting overweight. How does that affect their mental health? Because there, regardless of whether or not there is this push that everything is beautiful, we know that there's still a standard of beauty that young women see and they are pressured by. And I think that there is a standard of physical fitness that young men can be pressured by. So how does that affect, how do those health issues affect mental health and the the strain? If you have depression and mental health issues, isn't that something that can also then impact your heart? Oh, absolutely. Now, first of all, we, let's let's take it back to the era of the Kardashians. Okay, mm. so you have this entire family who have completely morphed themselves physically. Not to mention, many of them are billionaires. So they are giving our younger generations a completely unrealistic idea of what it is to live. Yes, they post constantly that they're working out and they're eating salads and they have shakes that some personal chef makes to them. But really, they've taken their bodies and their faces, and it's just really a suggestion of what they were born with. And they have had so much plastic surgery with their, and then they have their private chefs and their private personal trainers and nutritionists, and it's just not reality, okay? Most of us don't live that kind of life, but yet they post these pictures of themselves, which even, even with all of that are still altered by some sort of filter. And then you have a young, impressionable 14-year-old who thinks that that's what she's supposed to look like, and she's gonna go through drastic measures to be there. Mm-hmm. So as adolescents in general already have a high amount of anxiety and de- depression just because their hormones are changing. I mean, it is quite an unstable time. Their brain is still forming and their hormones are going out of control and they're extremely impressionable. And when we are talking about, you know, what's the ideal person to look like or body type to look like, yeah, we don't want to say you have to be skinny because we don't want to say, okay, we don't want eating disorders. But the flip side of that is we coddle them so much that we say, okay, eat whatever you want, live a sedentary lifestyle. And then when they're overweight, that comes with its own mental health illnesses. And yes, depression, anxiety, and others are directly related to physical health ailments as well. If your mind is not healthy, your body is not going to be healthy and vice versa. You need them both. They work together. 
It's so funny that you're saying this because I'm going to call out one of the people in the room here in my office is I can see out of the corner of my eye her laughing because she is a huge Kardashians fan. Like That is a weed. She talks about it all the time. She loves them. She's she's she, such- she, I mean, she's in good company. A lot of people feel that way. Yes. No, I agree. It's so true. But a lot of people do. But I do. I think I do see it differently as you see things differently once you have kids. And so being a mom of four girls and watching this and it is it is hard because it's different than when we grew up. My mom didn't have to. I mean, there were magazines. That was it. You know, she wasn't worrying about what I was getting put in front of my face all the time. It's in their hands. And we cannot, no matter how many safeguards and how many times you look at their phone, there are things that they can see that you, that are totally outside of your control. And I think it is one of those things where they're going to see these things and you have to somehow be able to talk about it at home to, to promote a healthy lifestyle, but also a healthy it, soul and heart and, and a heart from the, the heart space part of it, because I do think that social media is very challenging. And that was one of the things we talked um, a few weeks ago to a doctor who said, honestly, we've seen exactly what you said. We've seen people out there saying it's the jab, it's COVID itself. All of these things are causing health problems. But he made an interesting point. He's like the pressure that has been on our kids from social media and then suddenly being locked down. That can can produce a lot of health problems. And how do you check in on your kids at this point now and make sure that all of those pressures that we said, oh, kids are resilient, but it really did hurt them in some way. How do we check in on them and make sure they're fine? That was certainly what the CDC hid behind. They're like, it's okay if kids are out of school. It's okay if kids are wearing masks. It doesn't matter the consequences because they're resilient and they'll bounce back. But uh, as we know that they're not as resilient as they would have liked them to be. And kids are suffering. They certainly are suffering. I I can't think of one child who is better off now than they were pre-pandemic. And I think as a parent, the best thing you can do is just constantly check in with your kids. You have to talk to your kids. And unfortunately, if a child is on social media or is on their electronic way too much, oftentimes that's because the parent is too. If a parent is actively engaged, it leaves no room for the child to be on their electronics too much because they're engaging their child at that point. And so I really put the onus on the parents as to what they can do. Um, You know, as Throughout this last year, we actually had a little bit of devastating news in my own household. My youngest son was given a medical diagnosis. It kind of took us off, you know, it took us by surprise. And it really brought things, you know, brought things into perspective for us as a family and our little family unit of five. We realized family is just the most important thing. We knew that before, but we just really became close knit and all just rallied around each other over this last year. Uh, That's why. You know, I've written a few uh, not I've written a few nonfiction books, usually a little politically motivated, you know, mixing some politics with healthcare in it. But we decided to do something completely new. We did a children's book with Brave Books, and it was wonderful called That's What Family's For. My son and myself wrote it. And that's what we talked about. We talked about, you know, if a kid is going through a really rough time, whether it's a medical diagnosis or anything, I, I think every kid has a bad day that as long as they have their family by their side, that things are going to be okay. I mean, sure, maybe not all their problems are gonna go away, but as long as they have the support of their family, things will be better than if they don't. Yeah, I think that's an important message to share that families together, and and families look different. Sometimes it's just mom, just dad, maybe one parent is away serving. You never know what a family looks like. And so 
family, just family being together. I mean, when I was diagnosed with cancer, I think that was for me as mom, the, my youngest were two at the time. And, you know, I'm thinking, oh, gosh, they won't remember me. The middle my middle daughter was four. My oldest was six. It's like you go through all these things, but just that togetherness and my parents were helping. It really gets you through a lot. But, you know, you're in the breast imaging area of the hospital. So when I went in, it was 2015 when I went in and I was diagnosed. And at that time, my breast surgeon was like, I got to tell you, we're seeing younger and younger women. I was 38 at the time when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Have you seen cancers and, and breast cancer specifically in younger women? Oh, undoubtedly. I actually sit on the, for the CDC, the um, advisory committee for breast cancer in young women. Mm. Um, I've seen it as young as eight, 17 or 18, 17 wow. or 18. Um, but actually, this, these aren't just anecdotes. You, we actually are seeing a, a lot more cancer in younger people's breast cancer and specifically colorectal cancer, which yeah, is I just why saw that. And my, I just had a friend diagnosed, I mean, not, not to cut you off, but I was shocked because in our forties, we're seeing friends with colon cancer. Yeah. So it, because we're seeing so many cases in younger patient populations, all of a sudden we have had to decrease the recommendations for screening colonoscopies. It used to be 50 if you didn't have a family history. Well, now we've moved it down to 45. And some of us are wondering, is that even enough? Should we be doing something even earlier than 45? And you really have to point to well, what what is causing this? Yeah. And my yes, you, you have some genetic causes, genetic mutations that are continuing to be passed down. But you also have environmental causes which the chemicals that we put on our skin, whether it's through our lotions, those that we consume through our foods, through alcohol. That's scary. You know, it is a culmination of things. You know, we live a very different life than we did 100 years ago. Sure, we are living a lot longer, especially because of medications and the ability to treat things, which is great. Um, however, we're still, we're now seeing even more cancers. We have a higher survivability, but we're seeing more of it. So I had kind of a naive, a naive feeling about, I was careful, I think, about what I ate, but I never, this is going to sound terrible, but I really never thought about lotions or anything or shampoos. I was like, I mean, it just washes off, you know, and just never thought about it. And then I kind of selfishly get mad because I think, well, if they know this stuff causes cancer, why are they allowed to put it in there? So, I mean, I'm sure there are other people in my position who just have used lotion and not considered it. And then you find out and you're like, oh my gosh, I've been letting my kids use that lotion. And I know there was a push a long time ago, like several years ago. Oh, you have to be careful of what sunblock you're using. I was why just going to bring up sunblock. <laughs> why, if they're so bad, are they out there? I mean, it's a great point, but I mean, because every science evolves. And when they first come out with a product, they're like, this is great. It blocks the sun. It decreases the risk of skin cancer. All right. Well, you know, it also has cancer causing chemicals in it as well. And it's not until 10 years worth of data comes out that shows maybe it's a little bit harmful. Do they start rolling it back in? You know, um, the skin is your biggest organ of the body. So yeah, you, you're going to absorb a lot from the skin. And you know, there are some people, I'll be honest, there are some people who use aluminum-free deodorant. They don't put any lotion on. You know, They use the most basic of the bar soaps. And at the end of the day, I can tell you, you can do everything right. You can live your healthiest life and bad things can still happen. I see it happen all the time. So I don't think that we need to go and live outside in this bubble because you'll never be able to prevent anything bad. You have to have that balance. Um, but you should also be mindful. At this point, we know the FDA has had to recall 
so many sunscreens. And it has shown over and over again that mineral-based sunscreens are much healthier when it comes to what you're absorbing in the skin. I don't really see a reason not to be using mineral-based sunscreens at this point, yet the most popular ones, the most commonly bought, the ones with the most name recognition still tends to be the original sunscreens. And unfortunately, this is just the society we live in. It's more commercialized um, and not necessarily- We're brand loyal to, loyalists. We are. find our brand. Oh, that's so scary. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll continue next on the Tudor Dixon podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So I have a question for you that is also another selfish question. So on my cancer journey, I went, I actually would never have known I had cancer. I went into my doctor's office just for my annual checkup. My physician's assistant was like, when did this lump get here? And I was nursing and, you know, when you're nursing, everything's weird. So I was like, I don't, I really don't know. And she said, I'm going to send you in for a mammogram and an ultrasound. And so I went in for the mammogram and they said, 
it's totally clear. You're fine. Um, we are going to do the ultrasound because they called for it, but it's going to be clear. And then I went in for the ultrasound and it was like the beginning of that appointment. All of the nurses and everybody were like, so how many kids do you have? How old are they? And then they do the ultrasound and like, how many kids did you say you had? Oh. And I'm like, that is such, but they didn't say that they saw something. And I'm like, what does that mean? Um, and then obviously the diagnosis. So is it, is it more effective to have an ultrasound? Because I mean, if I had not gone in for the ultrasound, they on the mammogram said, you're clear, nothing. So uh, it's funny because um, I've actually been a huge advocate. So if anyone Googles, you'll find that I've helped pass laws in Arizona, New Jersey, and New York, which we refer to as the breast density legislation. And because 50% of women have very dense breast tissue. And unfortunately on mammography, when you get your mammogram, dense breast tissue decreases the sensitivity of us being able to find cancer. It doesn't mean that we can't, it's just a little bit harder for us. And so unfortunately what was happening was women would come, you know, whether they were dense or not, they would come get their mammogram, they'd get that clean bill of health and they'd find a lump maybe a week or two later and they're like, ah, oh, no, I had a normal mammogram, it's fine. I'll wait till next year. And then next year, cancer has grown, has maybe even spread. And so what you know we realized was if you add an ultrasound to the mammogram, in women with dense breasts, not get rid of the mammogram because a mammogram still picks up things the ultrasound does not. But if you use them together, you're actually able to pick up even more cancers if you have dense breast tissue. Well, it makes logical sense to me. However, insurance companies didn't want to pay for it. So the battle was not necessarily convincing doctors. It was convincing the insurance agencies to cover it. Ultimately, we've won Breast sensitivity legislation has passed in all 50 states and is even at the federal level at this point. But I'll tell you, it was about a 10-year effort to get that. So yes, if a woman has dense breast tissue, she absolutely should be having an ultrasound. If she has a strong family history or some other risk factor, she may even be benefit from an MRI. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't care what your breast looks like on the mammogram. Women know their breasts best. So if there is an abnormality, if something is bothering them, they need to be their own advocate because no one's going to care about you more than you. No, it's such a good piece of advice because, I mean, even in my journey and talking to different doctors, I if I had listened to what the first doctor planned, it would have been a totally different life outcome for me. And so I think that it's the best advice. You are your own best advocate. And honestly, it was not what I thought cancer felt like. So I, just I can't express enough that if there's any type of change, even if that's not what you think it would be, because even when this woman was like, no, feel this right here. I'm like, I, I thought cancer was so obvious. I thought it was like you would touch it and it would be like a marble under your skin and you would just go, okay, I know. It wasn't like that. I know that sounds stupid, but it wasn't like that. Honestly, it comes in all different shapes and sizes. Sometimes you feel something, sometimes you don't. Sometimes you get a rash, sometimes you have nipple discharge. Sometimes there's absolutely nothing there and there's cancer everywhere. So everyone's a little bit different, which is why it's best that you do breast exams. You get to know your own body and you absolutely should be getting your annual mammogram um, just so we can try and find things before you can even feel it. Well, I appreciate that. And I, like I said, honestly, you will... I mean, I'm sure you know, but in case somebody hasn't told you lately, it means a lot to those of us who have gone through it, what you do. So 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you all for joining me on the Tudor Dixon podcast. For this episode and others, go to TudorDixonPodcast.com. You can subscribe right there or check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And join us the next time on the Tudor Dixon podcast. Have a blessed day. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.